0: climbers. Highly effective songwriters start with highly effective habits. And that's what we're going to talk about today on The Climb. Seven habits that will supercharge your songwriting career. So listen up. Johnny, do that thing you do. Welcome to The
1: Climb. This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you Create leverage in the music industry, because that is the secret sauce. When you, when they need you more than you need them, that's when the doors will open to the label, to the management company, to the booking agency, to all those things that you want to get into, the publishing company, etc. And... That's what we focus on in this show, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. We want you to win, and if leverage is what it's going to take to win, that's what we cover. That's a a Baxter name from my good friend, Brent Baxter, who's also a hit songwriter and my co-host. Brent's got cuts from Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones in the last 24 months in Southern Gospel. So the train is still on the tracks. He's still making miracles happen, baby. And uh, what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, then how you do business like a pro, and then the final piece of that puzzle is to actually get connected to pros, people who can get your song placed, who can get that publishing deal, that song deal, and he helps you do all that. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com.
0: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Twinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking the artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because, of course, there is no other Johnny D. Helen, brother, what's happening? Hey, hey. So, I'm excited about today. How you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. We are stacking up some shows today, which I'm good. We need to stack up a lot more to be prepared for Denmark, which is Denmark, literally baby. right around the frickin' corner. That's less than a month away now.
0: That is coming up fast. I know. I'm excited That's the about National
1: it. Nights International
0: Songwriting Festival, y'all. So if y'all are anywhere near Denmark, come on by and say howdy.
1: That's right, man. I think it's like nine different venues, 70 different shows. Mm-hmm. You and I are going to be interviewing some, some songwriters that I feel have potential.
0: Like, yeah, they could, maybe if they I mean, keep
1: eating their Wheaties and drinking milk, they could they could be
0: somebody like maybe
1: Tony Arada.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he keeps it up, he'll stay in the Hall of Fame. Bobby I don't think kick yeah, him no, out. Oh, yeah, I think I like, could stay in the Hall of Fame. he can stay in the <laughs> National Songwriters <laughs> Hall of Fame. But uh, no,
1: I'm stoked about that.
0: Yeah. So, what are we going to learn today? We're going to learn habits. Yes. So the book, which I'm holding up here that you can't see, but Johnny can see on video, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So it's a classic business book management book written by Stephen Covey. It's been read and applied by millions of people. This version says over 15 million sold. I'm not even sure how old this particular version is. I read it back in college. It made a big impact on me. And so it's just kind of been my radar. I should do like an episode about that and apply to songwriting. So I thought that would be helpful for you climbers out there, singers, songwriters on your climb. So we're going to look at it today and just kind of look at those habits through the lens of music business and songwriter artist stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Let's get into it. First, Hey, it's helped millions of people. It can help you too. So let's, turn you
1: on to, let's turn you on to the climb community. We want you mm-hmm. to join. That's right. It's our Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in, but we let everybody in. So there's no like funky velvet rope or anything. Mm-hmm. And there's really just a couple rules. So it's pretty easy. Like you can't post anything in the feed unless you know it's going to be valuable to everybody and your song and your story and your gig and your video, not valuable to everybody, okay? That we want you to post, but we want you to post it somewhere else. And we have certain places for that. Right. So one of the places that we just love to gush on climbers is the Wednesday Wins. Well, it's actually New Heights is what it's called on Wednesday. But we call it Wednesday Wins. What do we got going on there? Like,
0: Give Uh, us some wins. Every Wednesday, we post the New Heights post in the Climb community. It's where we encourage you, and you're invited to share your wins, your music-related wins with us. And, you know, listen, if you don't get to until Thursday, go ahead and still find it. Add your win in there, okay? People will notice it if they've already commented or whatever. Then they'll get a notification that you commented on that, whatever. So it didn't have to be just on Wednesday, okay? If you miss it by a couple days, it's fine. Get it in there. Better late than never, okay? So here's here's a couple recent ones. Chris Scheller, hopefully I'm saying your name right, Chris. First TV placement. Had a song played as background music in a scene on The Young and the Restless. So nice. that is very cool. That is, a, I mean, gosh, that show, I didn't know that show was still on. That's been around since at least the 80s? Like 50 probably. years. Yeah. Like crazy, yeah, probably before then. So congrats, Chris, on your first TV placement. I mean, that's a huge first step and a great new height. Heck yeah. So proud of you there.
1: Hold on, that's a heaping help and a job satisfaction right there. Proof.
0: That is cool. You can get your music placed and
1: actually make some money doing that's right and if you can do it once you can do it twice if you can do it twice you can do it 10 times if you can do it 10 times you can do it 100 times
0: there we go so proud of you there chris charles Weimer says just got my third number one on the texas internet radio chart Find out i'm up for two awards at this year's award show in october may only be a 20 station panel but the same people are vying for the limited spin so that's a good way to look at it charles going you know what yeah it's not like a thousand stations but you know what it's 20 but there's competition and i'm rising to the top of that competition consistently, which is a win, yeah. which is a win. You're you're hit. You're setting a target and you're hitting it. So congratulations, Charles. And, and here's your fourth one. May it come sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Your fourth number one. Love it. And let's see here. Paul DeMarco said this week I got my first cut with another artist. I got a sync placement taken uh, along with it looks like something he wrote with Bill and Lucy. And songs uh, were pitched to Grey's Anatomy, Nancy Drew, and a new riot games tv show and a new single out this friday too keep him busy paul is definitely keeping busy so congrats paul and charles and chris and everybody else that had wins congrats and keep on climbing
1: love it love it love it okay so hey make sure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast whatever platform that you're on we're everywhere so Mm -hmm. you don't gotta switch platforms man whatever you're doing make sure you're on there leave a rating review on itunes specifically we'd love to hear that i haven't even checked that in forever we should see if there's any on there yeah i need to yeah and finally what's most important is tell a friend about it pick a, if there's a certain episode you're hearing, and you're like oh my gosh like this person this songwriter this artist would needs to hear this like this would be valuable this would benefit them mm-hmm. then by all means share that episode turn them on to us that's how we've grown the way we have grown because people who love people are the most interesting people or how's that song go (laughs) Uh,
0: but they're definitely the most eloquent people yeah (laughs) all right so let's get into this yeah give me some habits all right i want to take a sip of coffee here Mmm. caffeinated it's not just recreational it's medicinal all right so habit number one so these are the seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey great classic book i'm adapting these to look at it through a music business lens so habit number one Be proactive. I'm just going to read a little bit of the, I'm going to pull a Johnny, I'm just going to read a little bit of somebody else's words. So this is from being proactive. All right. So while the word proactivity is now fairly common in management literature, it is a word you won't find in most dictionaries. It means more than merely taking initiative. It means that as human beings, we are responsible for our own lives. Our behavior is a function of our decisions, not our conditions. We can subordinate feelings to values. We have the initiative and the responsibility to make things happen. Look at the word responsibility, response, ability, the ability to choose your response. So highly productive people recognize that responsibility. They do not blame circumstances, conditions, or conditioning for their behavior. Their behavior is a product of their own conscious choice based on values rather than a product of their conditions based on feelings. I don't think I'm even going to get through this whole quote I intended to read because there's so much good stuff packed in there.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I never even thought about responsibility like that.
0: Oh, yeah. Response ability. The ability to respond. Yeah, I never brought it down. <laughs> yes. Bring it down to what it means. It's root words. So I, I love that our behavior is a function of our decisions, not our conditions. We subordinate feelings to values. We have the initiative and the response. Look, I would say, oh, proactive people, their behavior is a product of their choice based on values rather than a product of conditions based on feelings. Eh. You know, so let's let's get, say that one more time there, proactive person's behavior is a product of their own conscious choice based on values rather than a product of their conditions based on feelings. Eh. A lot of this has to do with get over your feelings, go with your values. What is your value? My value is I'm going to do quality work. I mean, it goes on to say like in making that choice, we become, if we, since we're by act, nature proactive, If our lives are a function of conditioning and conditions, like I've been conditioned to think I'm a loser or I'm conditioned to think I'm a victim or conditioned to think people are keeping me from stuff. If we become that way, it's because we, by conscious decision or by default, have chosen to empower those things to control us. We've given over. We have ceded control. And in making such a choice, we become reactive. Instead of proactive, we're reactive. Reactive people are often affected by their physical environment. If the weather is good, they feel good. If the weather's not good, it affects their attitude and their performance. Proactive people carry their own weather with them. Mm. Whether it rains or shines, it makes no difference to them. They are value-driven, and if their value is to produce good quality work, it is not a function of whether the weather is conducive to it or not. Mm. So, I love that. So, ca- take the weather with you, which I think Jimmy Buffett turned into a song or an album <laughs> title. I'm pretty sure. But just thought you proactive, it doesn't The conditions don't matter. What matters are my values, and that's going to set my behavior and my productivity for the the day. Because the
1: conditions are never going to be ideal. True. Or they're going to be very infrequently Mm -hmm. ideal. And so if you're waiting for ideal conditions to perform at whatever you want to perform at, guess what? You've already lost.
0: Yeah. And based on your mindset – if you let yourself fall into that trap of you're looking for the loophole, you're looking for the imperfection, the fly in the ointment to derail the whole thing. I think sometimes people look for the reason why it's not going to work, and they can all, you can always find a, a flaw in the conditions, mm-hmm. in the outward stuff to go, well, it's not going to work because of this. Good. I found my escape hatch. I found my what, scapegoat.
1: What happened
0: was... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is why it's not my fault. Because it was a little rain today, yeah. and you had seasonal defective disorder, and I can't because of the thing, or I couldn't find my keys, which I didn't put in the spot I should have put them anyway, and then I was running five minutes late, and I was all stressed out, and things snowballed, and now I just, I'm not in a good headspace to write. Yep. Or whatever. We can find excuses all day long. I got nothing but excuses if I don't want to write and do work. But what's your value? If your value is, I'm gonna do good quality work, that needs to set our actions instead of our conditions or conditioning and feelings. Yeah. Are you gonna be values driven or feelings driven? Feelings, man, that's a rough way to go. Which is ironic because as artists, as creatives, we have to tap into our feelings. We, what we do is a very emotional thing. Right? Because mm-hmm. as an artist, you want to touch somebody's emotions. You want to impact them. As a songwriter, you want to impact them with your song. So we play in the water of, of emotions, but we can't be driven just by our emotions. Yeah. We have to be value driven, even though we work in the field of emotions. We can't be the.
1: That's right. Think about that in terms of like hostility or fear. Mm-hmm. Like there are moments when. in a business relationship or even in a personal relationship where something happens and you get pissed off. Mm -hmm. I mean, pissed off, right? (laughs) Right. Now at that point, you have two choices, right? You can just go willy nilly and react right in the moment Mm -hmm. on that because the emotions are real and that's okay. Emotions are, we have to understand them for what they are. Sometimes emotions are not in any way, shape or form founded in, the reality of the situation oh, right. Mm-hmm. or should carry th- that particular emotion at that particular time should carry that particular amount of weight that you're putting on it right then. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's always best to like, you know, sleep on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And get through the emotion part, process the emotion and get through it and then make some decisions. Like, okay, right. now what happened? Like, is this a deal breaker? Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe, maybe all of a sudden you're like, this is actually a blessing because Mm -hmm. The more I look at this, the more I realize like this is the off ramp I need in in a very cool way. And it just sort of came to me on my front doorstep. But the same same emotion, though. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so and and that's how you frame it. The other part of it being like, okay, what do I want to make happen here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like, do I have maybe it is a deal breaker, but maybe this is something that somebody did that just really pissed you off. Maybe it's a bandmate, maybe it's a co-writer, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your husband. Mm-hmm. Where okay, now I can lose it right here and just go off, and I'm perfectly founded in doing that. Okay, that's yeah. that would be okay. And understandable, but then I'm going to... What, what's going to happen to them? Now, they're going to go on the defensive. Mm-hmm. So what's the outcome that I want from this derailment here? Like, mm-hmm. I we need to, like, we need to just think, like, what is it that I want to happen? And then you work backwards and formulate how the moves that you're going to make yeah. to deal with this. Maybe this is like, hey, a stern talking to. You. If you ever do this again, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just you get a much clearer picture after the emotions have been processed and filtered through. It's not a good state to knee jerk.
0: It's it's called a knee jerk reaction. Reaction. You don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. And and I
1: will add this. and, And I mean, we don't get political here, so I'm not going to get political, but I'm going to make a political statement. And that is, is that it's hard. We have to think extra hard and think for ourselves on this one, because more and more we're seeing, laws being made or big mm-hmm. big big societal moves being made based on emotion. Yeah. Right. And they're mm-hmm. not thinking downstream. They just want to oh my gosh, this was terrible. Yes it was. So we have to do this. Wait. Maybe not. Right. You know what I mean? Like like I, I get where that emotion's coming from, but to just go willy-nilly and start passing all these things and and then we find out that it was a mess mm-hmm. and and it's because You can't govern from emotions as a country or as a city or as some sort of organization, and neither can you for your own life or for your own business. You have to to process it.
0: The whole bicameral legislature that has to work together to pass something and then send it to an executive to get signed, the whole thing is set up to not do that rush of emotion thing. Exactly. The Senate has been called the the cooling dish of the legislature where things are supposed to slow down stuff can get through the house really quickly, but then it's got to go to the Senate. And that's supposed to be the more deliberative body and slow things down. Let's think about this. And then it got to go, of course, past the president's desk. But I think of it proactive versus reactive uh, thing and working for my values instead of from my emotions. Uh, We mentioned on the last episode, just, you know, we talked to him about failure I know we'll talk about more in the upcoming episode as well, but, you know, song plugging, when I've looked at my pitch log and thousands of pitches, the vast majority of which really end up with like just getting no response at all. Not even a pass. Right. It's right. Just nothing. So emotionally
1: more. you're justified to say, what the hell am I doing?
0: I go This is a waste of time. Yeah. And because the part of my brain does the math and goes, there's very little chance that this is going to, turn into a cut this pitch it's just that's just the math of it Mm -hmm. it's the same for any any writer that's out there plugging. you have a small success rate and so it'd be easy for and sometimes i do get down emotionally like oh man this is just gosh you see all these pitches just going in the black hole you write these songs and they never get heard or whatever not going to see the light of day but what's my value my value is i want cuts and hits for deeper values of feeding my family and living the life that we want to live and that sort of thing so if I go off my values, it's like, okay, I'm going to let that determine my behavior. That means I'm going to write a new song, I'm going to pitch a new song, I'm going to record, I'm going to do write, record, access, and pitch, even when I don't often see the benefits of that, even though I know any particular step is probably not going to be the one that gets across the finish line. But in aggregate, together, these are. All these little steps that don't look like you're in anywhere. Hey, you know what? Yes, I pitched a song. Odds are nothing's going to happen with it. But if I don't pitch any songs, the odds are 100% that nothing will happen.
1: Right. And what happens when you do write the song? I mean, you're creating relationships with other writers. Yeah. That could lead relationships to other publishers. That could lead to more opportunities for the mm-hmm. songs that you have written. Right. And all that railroad track you lay down.
0: So the, the chance of any particular song pitch or written getting cut is very small the chance of it getting cut if I don't pitch is zero. The chance of something happening, if I keep on writing, keep on pitching, really for me, it's like 100% something's going to happen if I keep on doing it. Yeah. And so I have to look at what's my value here. Yeah. My values are to create this this success and do great work and be a professional and do what the professionals do. So that's why I keep going, regardless of the the feeling it might be on that particular day. Because some days you just like, man, or, or I'm going to do my solo writing because the other day I was supposed to have a write, artist had it cancel because they had a business meeting. That stuff happens and it's always disappointing because I had an appointment and now I'm disappointed, right? Right, right? And I end up writing on my own. Like, okay, I'm going to do my personal song title challenge. I'm going to work on some ideas. And, and even most of those, you're like, yeah, even most of those ideas I'm not going to bring into a write. So just because it's not, that day's work is not going to meet standard. That's fine. Do it anyway, because yeah. it's not based on my feelings. It's based on my value, which is being a professional. So I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to be proactive. And because I do that, you do have those ideas that pop up. You're like, oh, I can't wait to write that one. Just didn't know it beforehand. You got to do How do you get to some great ideas? Go through a lot of bad ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what Kim Tribble always said, man. He's like, How many songs do you write? Like he's like, I write about twelve a week or so. But like, mm-hmm. what? He's like, Yeah, I don't get excited. Like I I, yeah. I gotta write like 30 crappy songs to get to one competitive one, one decent one. Yeah. And he knows that about himself, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can get lost in the ministry. This this makes me think of another thing, like those we've done two episodes now a year apart on the Spotify report that comes out and says like they've been reporting on how many artists on Spotify are making at least Mm $50,000 just in streaming. Mm -hmm. And the first year that report came out, which was 2021, it was reporting on the prior year, which was 2020. They're like, wow, well, we have 13,400 artists that made at least $50,000. And the emotion from that and the way that they spun that article, because it was spun with emotion, why to create Mm -hmm. clickbait, to create traffic, was, oh, this is terrible, because that's like 0.2% of the 8 million songwriters or artists that are on Spotify. Yeah. So this is a travesty, and this is just means that it's a joke, and it's horrible, and blah, blah, blah. And then you and I just go without emotion. We dig into it, and I'm like, oh, look at this. Like If we back out all the artists that have had, that you know about, that have been on the radio in the last 60 years across all genres, mm-hmm. and we back out the artists who are currently signed and using somebody else's money, and but we sold like eighty four hundred freaking artists that made at least fifty thousand dollars just in streaming, getting paid as crappily as Spotify pays. Mm-hmm, yeah. That made at least fifty grand in revenue mm-hmm. that would never be on the radio, right? Right? Against the twenty seven hundred, and that was like eighty four hundred artists in the year of twenty twenty against 27 artists, 2,700 artists over the last 60 years. Yeah, And then to add that to that emotion with, uh, again, like the reality and more information, then next year we did that number. First of all, it went from 13,400 artists up to 16,500 artists. Mm-hmm. So it increased like 25% or something, like an insane amount. And we didn't, we didn't sign more artists then, and we didn't create more legacy artists. And that's so mm. it was all indie artists that are just like you that are figuring out how to do it. And then Spotify adds in the new caveat of, Oh, let's just talk about how many artists have amongst these 8 million artists on Spotify who just released even 10 songs, yeah, like enough to be one album. And that number of artists who hadn't even released 10 songs was 5.6 million. Yeah. So two thirds of that big group that we all want to be so emotional about aren't even really trying to be artists yeah. or if they are, they're just so early in their journey. They don't have enough records to create that kind of attention yet. Right. It's not even the first. They don't have one record, essentially. Mm-hmm. They have a single or two that they've put out. And wow, that number shot down tremendously. And then if you add how many are popular enough to have at least 10,000 monthly viewers, all of a sudden it's down to 164,000. Yeah. And they increased the number by saying, hey, if you made $1 on a digital service selling a ticket, we're gonna mean that means you're professionally aspiring as well. So all of a sudden it's two, now all of a sudden it's 16,500 out of 200,000 yeah. instead of 16,500 out of 8 million, right? So when you start looking at that, it's crazy. And I saw this, just like a little levity, I saw this great comedian dude that was like talking about, and I thought of you, because, and I might have said this to you. He was talking about statistics can be manipulated, right? right. (laughs) To make people emotional. He's like, China has 1.4 billion people. And so that means that one in five people on this planet are Chinese, right? One in five people are Chinese. And so statistically, we could say that if if you've got four kids and you've got a fifth one on the way, that one's going to be Chinese. (laughs) 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 <laughs> right statistically that statistically, would be accurate it is, it is even though it's like no that's that's not you know
0: and actually yeah because we all know it's three out of five yeah, for, yeah i'm like for you you got that beat but anyway, so. three out of five right, that's Just like funny. emotion like
1: we can let those emotions take over us but then when you look at it like it's like wow there's more people making money at music now than ever before in terms mm-hmm. of like some kind of revenue from broadcast or from streaming
0: yeah So next up is habit two, because otherwise it would be an eight-hour episode. Habit two is begin with the end in mind. So from seven habits here, it says to begin with the end in mind means to start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so you can better understand where you are now and so that the steps you take are always in the right direction. So it's incredibly easy to get caught up in an activity trap in the business of life to work harder and harder at climbing the ladder of success only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. It is possible to be busy, very busy, without being effective. And so that's something I talk about a lot is Mm -hmm. are you being busy or are you being effective? It's something Tim Ferriss talks about in the four-hour work week, all that stuff of essentialism cutting down to the stuff that is effective, not just busy. It's very easy to check my email 50 times a day to feel like I'm I'm busy, I'm busy. I used to do a lot of that stuff. I still do a certain amount of it, but now it, it changes because... I have a clearer picture of what I want my life to be, my marriage to be, my career to be, that sort of thing. And so one of the things that goes is I'm not checking email all the time when I'm hanging out with my wife and we could be spending time together. That was one thing I used to do is I'd have the laptop out before smartphones, checking email and doing stuff when we're supposed to be watching Lost or whatever. And so I'm not really present. I'm just busy work. It's not effective. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, is anything going on that – eight o'clock at night. They can't wait till tomorrow morning mm-hmm. or until after Emily goes to bed or something. And just being busy. Cause I'm desperate trying to ho- hope something happens. hope for some good news. Well, the good news was sitting right next to me on the couch. Mm-hmm. She's really pretty. And I was missing that. I was not, I was being busy, but I was not getting busy. Uh, I mean, being effective. So <laughs> I, thought anyway. I picked up. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, Moving on, how different our lives are when we really know what is deeply important to us, and keeping that picture in mind, we manage ourselves each day to be and to do what really matters most. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. We might be really busy. We may be very efficient, but we'll also be truly effective only when we begin with the end in mind. So in other words, hey, what do you want out of your career? What do you want out of your life? Mm-hmm. Think about that be clear on that. And then you can look at each decision, each step along the way to go, okay, is this taking me to or away from that ending that I have in mind? Is it taking me towards that? Is it taking me away from that? Maybe it's not important. Maybe it's just a distraction, that sort of stuff. And your subconscious works on trying to fulfill that image you have in your mind. And and you start looking for opportunities because how do you drive in you don't know which turn to take unless you have some idea of where you want to go. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just wandering. Yep. So you need to begin with the ending in mind. And sometimes we don't do that. We may think, yeah, I'm just chasing the music thing. For what? For what purpose? Yeah. I mean, it's going to determine what kind of songs you write. Because, hey, if I want to be a great songwriter, that doesn't mean that you want commercial success. You just may be like, I just want to be a student of the game. I just want to be really good at this craft. Great. That's a different conversation and a different set of choices than I want to have number ones on the radio, Mm -hmm. on country radio. Great. Okay. Well, that's going to be one specific set of choices and things you need to do and advice you need to listen to and advice you need to disregard versus I want to have, right, Southern Gospel number ones. Or I want to just be great at what I want to do or I want to be an artist that sings my own stuff and gets on the radio versus I just want to have a career and be one of those people, thousands on Spotify that makes a middle class income without having to worry about a record, if, are, if you have an idea of where you want to go, you're going to make different choices. Yeah. And you'll be more effective along the way.
1: That's a good point. So like uh, Phil Collins goes to a friend in a songwriting room, hey, I got this idea for studio. I think we should get this and somebody else will cut it. Bad, no. Right. You can't get that cut from somebody else, but because he's his own artist and he's going to record it and he's going to sing it, he's like, hold my beer. Totally different
0: story. Exactly, yeah. Because I'm sure that just came from, I have the vibe and this sings really well and I don't know what it means, but I don't have to. I'm going to cut it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yep. So that is begin with the end in mind. Habit number three. So we have be proactive, begin with the end in mind. And the next one is put first things first. They have a time management matrix in this book here, which sounds really geeky, but it's cool. And basically you have four quadrants. So think of a, like a a box with the crosshairs in it, Mm -hmm. just four, four little boxes in a big square. So on one side on the, say the top two boxes, you have urgent and not urgent. And then down the other side, down top to bottom, you have important and not important. So one box is urgent and important. One is important, but not urgent. One is not important, but urgent. And the other is not important and not urgent. Mm. So, and you look at your calendar, look at what takes up your time and pop them in those different quadrants and be honest with yourself. Important and urgent activities are crises. <laughs> you, know, you have a crisis, right? Pressing problems, deadline driven projects, that kind of stuff. So if my kid were to bust up in this office right now and like their arm is hanging off. Yeah. That's important and urgent, yeah. right? By you will shut this down podcast down on your own (laughs) you know i'm on the way to the er yeah however there have been times where ruby pops her head in and she just wants to ask me if she can have a certain type of cereal or something i'm like i'm that is not important that's not urgent i'm working go away i tell my kids fire flood or blood yeah right (laughs) and so those get you in my door when i'm working and it's funny they know what they can say it back to me fire flood or blood yes (laughs) And, yes, it rhymes. Okay, so we have our urgent and important activities, So, which might be I have a co-write scheduled this morning. It's important. It's urgent. Like it, I have a co-write with an artist this morning. Wow, I'm going to do that, right? Yep. It's an appointment, and it's very important for my career based on the end that I began with in mind. Important but not urgent are activities like and the ounce of prevention activities, the maintenance Mhm. Like for us, it might be keeping our websites up and running, doing some of that maintenance, upgrading apps, or just that kind of stuff, or scheduling stuff ahead of time so that we know when we're recording. So then it doesn't, Johnny and I don't call each other on Monday night, go, oh my gosh, we don't have an episode for tomorrow. And it just became important and urgent. Yeah. You know, we schedule stuff ahead of time while it's important, but not urgent yet. And so it's relationship building, make friends before you need them. Mm hmm that sort of stuff. So it's, it's health. Oh, stuff. That's a good one right
1: there. The relationship thing. Nothing's yeah. a bigger, what's the word I want to use? Detractor of creating a relationship than urgency.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I really need you to do this for me. And my name's Johnny, by the way.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
0: <laughs> right, then it's important and urgent, and then for that other person it might be urgent but not important for them, right? Yeah. Because it's time sensitive for you, yeah. and if they're going to help you, they need to help you right now. But it's not important to them because you're not important to them because they don't know your
1: you. emergency is not my emergency.
0: Yes, but you and I are buddies, so your emergency is my emergency. Yeah, right. Yeah. So then it will become important and urgent for me because you are important to me. Yeah. So yeah, relationship building, it. I look at it as my daily song title challenge, the personal one that I do. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's not urgent. Nobody's waiting on it. Nobody's going, where's your song title challenge for today, Baxter? No. But I'm going to have co-writes coming up. And I want to have the best ideas possible and the most ideas possible. And I want to keep that machinery up and running. I want to keep my muscles in good working order, my creative muscles good and strong. So that when I show up and the artist is in the room, either I have I feel really good about my ideas or I'm geared up. I'm all flexed out and ready to go. So if they have an idea, I know what to do with it because I've been doing my reps at home. I'm ready. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's important. It's not urgent. It's vitamins, not painkillers. Like no one's going to miss out if I'm not doing it. I mean, people will miss out eventually and I, my career will suffer, but you don't feel it immediately. If you skip a day Yeah. or if I skip out on a co-write, I'm going to feel it because they're going to be like, where are you? So those are things that are important. Then those are things that often go undone. Are the important but not urgent. I need to be pitching songs. Again, low success rate, mm-hmm. but it's important. It's not urgent usually. Yep. But I need to be doing it. I need to be doing it for the health of my business. Yep. Then you have the urgent but not important. That's all stuff like interruptions, somebody else's problem, things like that. Yeah. That is just it's now we're not going to happen. Fire Marshall Bill. <laughs> but it's not. It's not my foot that's on fire or my, uh, my building that's on fire. Right. It's somebody else's fire. It's telemarketers calling. It's inter- just interruptions, stuff that can be so easy like, well, I mean, the ball game's on tonight. Mm-hmm. Is it important? No, I just like Monday Night Football, whoever's on. Mm-hmm. But it's urgent. Why? Because it's Monday night. They don't have Monday Night Football on Tuesday night. It's now or not kind of thing. And then you have the stuff that is Unless not important.
1: the Packers, then it's urgent and important. Well, that's Sorry. why I said
0: I don't know. I just care about Monday Night Football. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to what's important to you. And then you have the not important and not urgent. That is stuff like Candy Crush. Yeah. That is stuff like Solid D- like My you know, golf net- game. Netflixing, golfing. It's not important. It's not urgent. Now, relaxation and recreation is important, but it's not urgent. Right, Because you do have to take some time to relax, yeah. to refill the well, to all work and no play, and you you burn out and you have a heart attack at 40, and that's not good either. Right, So recreation is important, but it's not urgent. But then you have the dumb stuff that fills up so much of our day that's not important. It's not urgent. It doesn't matter if you do it at all, ever. But we, the, what are those things that you do? Mm-hmm. So anyway, it just dives into that. Urgent matters are usually visible. They're the ones that press in upon us. But the important ones have to do with results if something is important it contributes to your mission your values and your high priority goals so again my important but not urgent are my daily song title challenge pitching reaching out to people because and building relationships because one day there may be that oh my gosh so and so artist is looking for a song like this i'm like i got one of those huh. i don't know how to get it to them so now it's important it's urgent and i wish i had that relationship with somebody but you build that relationship ahead of time now i'm like it's important, it's urgent, but I've done the important but not urgent thing of building the relationships. Now I can just call up my buddy and go, hey, I got this song for so-and-so. You want to listen? They're like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Those things are important. Those are the things that we usually let slide. So have it one, be product- proactive. Have it two, begin with the end in mind. And have it three, put first things first. Love it. All right. We gotta We've got to get it rocking here. Habit four, think win-win. Basically, it's, it's a frame of mind and of heart that consistently seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. So this is from the book. Win-win means that agreements or solutions are mutually beneficial, mutually satisfying. With a win-win situation, all parties feel good about the decision and feel committed to the action plan. Win-win sees life as a cooperative, not a competitive arena. Most people tend to think in terms of dichotomies, like strong or weak, hardball or softball, win or lose. But that kind of thinking is fundamentally flawed. It's based on power and position rather than on principle. Win-win is based on the paradigm that there's plenty for everybody, that one person's success is not achieved at the expense or exclusion of the success of others. Win-win is a belief in the third alternative. It's not your way or my way. It's a better way. It's a higher way. So... Man, that, that's so important in so many areas. I think of, uh, I don't remember if it was the beginning of this episode or the last one where Bill O'Hanlon was shouted out in our new heights for helping somebody, mm-hmm. talking to him about turning them on to Taxi. Hey, thanks for that. We've gotten some songs pitched. Okay, so Bill, I think, had, had told Randy about Taxi. Now, Bill could have been like, no, man, I don't want to tell anyone else about this because my songs have a better chance of getting through the less other good songs are coming through. Mm-hmm. Right. But instead, he's thinking, hey, win win. There's enough for everybody. Yeah. If your good songs make it through, well, you're going to be thankful for me turning you on to that, that sort of thing. In a, in a right, it's how can we both win? How do we, which is how does the song win? How does the production win? Because mm-hmm. if that wins, we both win. It's not me versus you, it's what's best for the song. And then we both win as we're in the service business. So if I help my co writers win, then I win. If I help the song win, then I win. About the artist, win. I win. Mm-hmm. So always ask how you can help the other person win. They'll love you for it, and you'll always have a seat in the room if you help them win. If you
1: help the people around you they're always thinking about how you help
0: them as
1: opposed to how you were trying
0: to win. Yeah, you show up as a solution, not a problem. Yeah, right. That's how you win, and so that's that's when you think win-win. And it's not even you win, I lose. Yeah, but thinking how could we both come out ahead of this? I mean that's. Man, that's capitalism. That's a free market, right? That's why when you go to the grocery store, at the end of the transaction, you you get your, I don't know, you get your tomato and you give them, they gave you the tomato, you give them the the dollar or whatever. And uh, What what do you both say at the end of that transaction? Thank you. Thank you. You both say it and you both mean it. Yeah, we both want. How often does that happen at the DMV? Yeah. It may be another two-word two sentence that ends said with thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, it may be a two-word sentence that ends with you, but it's not thank you. Because <laughs> right. they're, they're not thinking win-win because they don't have to, right? Because they have a monopoly. You can't go to the other DMV. right? Like, you've got nowhere to go, right? I can't go to Walmart to get my car tags. Yeah. Walmart wants me to go to Walmart instead of going to Costco or whatever. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're thinking win-win. Monopolies don't do that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it. Sidebar there. But, yes, always think win-win. So highly successful artists, songwriters, artists think win-win. How can everybody hear win? Everybody in the room. And then they'll love you for it. Yep. All right. Habit five. Seek first to understand, then be understood. Let me find this in the book here. Seek first to understand involves a deep shift in the paradigm. A paradigm is like the way you see the world or the way you see certain things. We typically seek first to be understood. Most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. They're either speaking or they're preparing to speak. They're filtering everything through their own paradigms, reading their autobiography into other people's lives. So that part about we don't really listen to respond or we're preparing to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you just met somebody and are like, hi, I'm blah, 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 blah. And you're so busy thinking about, I'm going to say, hi, my name is Johnny, that I didn't even catch their name. <laughs> right? I've done it before. Like, I'm sorry. I was thinking about how to get my name right. What's your name again? Yeah. Or I'm so busy thinking about my response to the last thing you said that I didn't hear what you just said. And so I thought it was interesting about how we're filtering everything through, like we read our own autobiography onto other people's lives. So we're projecting our own home movies and onto other people's behavior. They prescribe their own glasses for everyone else mm-hmm. when they interact. And I think that's really And I was
1: just talking about this with, to add a little levity to this. Mm-hmm. It's the reason that we fricking have grain free dog food. <laughs> Why is that? Because people are like, they, what is it? They, they, they can't eat wheat or what do they call that? Yeah.
0: yeah the glu- uh, glucose, intolerant or, glucose
1: intolerant or some yeah. crap like that. And so yeah. they project that shit on their dogs, man. And it like, it kills dogs. Like your dog, really? your dog's not allergic to glucose or to what's, what's the other thing in wheat? It's like, mm. I forget what they call it, but it's like, man, no, 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 no. But that, because we, but we project that mm. on there. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's crazy. And I will tell you that I am, this is maybe one of my biggest life lessons was learning how to not think about responding and mm. to because you know it boils down to one word listen <laughs> yeah like actually listen mm-hmm. and when you do that you want to talk about a pattern interrupt right we talk about we've talked about pattern interrupts in so many different ways brent on the show like just with um like even like how to stand out in a playlist mm-hmm. the the way that artists used to do shout outs on the radio and stuff like we had an episode like that but pattern interrupt walk into a room with 20 people and if you practice like the mental practice when somebody says their name and you repeat it to yourself as you're shaking their hand, you repeat it to yourself five times and imagine it being painted on their head in red lipstick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause then it forces you to ask too, like, wait, because you want to spell it right. Like, how do you spell that? Is that a, is it a family name? Mm -hmm. Is it B R I A N or B R Y A N? Yeah. Oh, it's I A N. Oh, okay. And now, and then you visualize that. And then those things, and you do that like 20 times in a row, and then you go say goodbye to everybody and say their, mention their name. Yeah. They will never forget you. Now, and, yeah, and, and when so it does cool. that, that little exercise right there, that little challenge mm-hmm. forces you to listen.
0: Yes, it does. And I think it's great for co-writing. I mean, I just did a jam session the other night with the Songwriting Pro community. We do these every month where I teach a little bit, and then people ask me questions for an hour. So it's just part of the membership. Mm-hmm. And we also did a climate episode on this at number 305 about bringing patients to the co-write and not just barging in with my own ideas, but listen to the artist. What's their story? Trying to find a story of theirs if they don't come in with ideas that are and to write. Let's go dig in a little bit and find the story that this artist doesn't even know they need to write about their life. Mm-hmm. And so I was writing with this baby artist. He didn't have any ideas, of course, because they never seemed to. And so we're just chatting about his life, where he's from, da-da-da. Found out he just got engaged. Oh, really? What What do you plan on doing for the wedding? And da da da. Oh, we may just do like a backyard thing. Oh, that's so cool. I went to the beach. And how can we go do a backyard versus da da? And that just pulling on that thread became our idea of you 't get married. We can go to Vegas. We can go to the beach. We can get the biggest church in town, or we can just go in the backyard. It doesn't matter as long as I'm there with you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And became the song that was really relevant to his life that he's you know was going to go play for his his fiancee. You know it. Because it was listening. I was not just going, here's my ideas. I can't wait to spring them on you. Right. But let's listen to something that's more relevant and personal to the artist. Same thing. I had another artist that I had some ideas prepped, but we just, we were talking and just listening to her story and we end up writing this song that is so her story. She played it for her mom and her mama cried. Yeah. That's winning. Yeah. And she's starting to play it out and a good response. It's like, I couldn't have written that particular song with anyone else but that artist because it's that artist's story. That comes from listening and being patient and, and seeking first to understand. And then you start telling their life back to them and rhyme. And they're like, oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Of course it resonates with them. You're helping them tell their story. Even if they didn't realize that's what they wanted to write about that day. Yeah. It's seeking first to understand. And so that can be that way in... Also, in a co if a line somebody throws a line, you're like, "Well, that's goofy," or "That's weird." Well, ma- oh, what are you going for with that? Uh, tell me again. Why, why are you thinking that? Mm-hmm. Or because sometimes it's someone may throw out an idea, and I just don't get it because I don't catch the vision of it yet. Well, let me make sure I understand your vision. For and maybe it. they oh, didn't.
1: And maybe they didn't either. Right. Like, uh, like the, what they spewed out was mm-hmm. an attempt to get to communicate that feeling that mm-hmm. they had, but they didn't do a good job of articulating it. Right. Right. And so, so maybe not real excited about that line because mm-hmm. it wasn't really good but then when you when you try to understand and they're well this is what i'm trying to say you're like oh well what if oh, we it this way and oh that's better yeah okay now yeah, i feel thought. like you know, i got heard and i feel like you're listening to me you're not just yes crapping on my line and we found a better way to articulate what i was trying to say and so you win mm-hmm. and i w- everybody wins right right not so two two of those two
0: exactly and if if i'm working on that to understand what you have to say instead of just if i can just put a pin in my own idea jot it down my line and just make sure that i understand yours first i may still like my idea better or whatever but the other person feels heard they feel more valued and it might be a better line but i open myself up to be open-minded about that to just serve the song and not well i just want to get my idea out there I mean, they enjoy your company more. You hopefully get a better song out of it. You're more likely to get in the better room. You're more likely to win both the song and the songwriting session. Mm-hmm. Like, win, not as in I got one over, I did better than you, but as in you win over the people in the room with you. They have a good experience and a good song. You walk out with a good experience and a good song. Boy, that makes it a lot easier to get in the, in the room again. That's right. And also with pitching. Oh, Johnny, I know you, you had this story about the Colin Ray thing where you were listening song, for songs for Colin Ray, A&R, and a record for him, Time Crunch, all right, you put out the word. We need songs for Colin Ray record. This is what we're looking for. And some people did not seek first to understand. They're like, I don't care. I'm pitching this song. I don't care what you're looking for. Right. I'm pitching this thing. Right. Or all these songs. All these songs, right. And it's... Here's and all it 15 wasted of my songs time. that I've written. And they're all hits. Yeah. It, it wasted your time. Yeah. Now, sometimes, like Lee Bryce, they were not looking for another ballad. They're like we, we're not looking for ballads when I Drive Your Truck came mm-hmm. across. I don't think they were looking for ballads. I don't think Chesney was looking for a ballad when Don't Blink came across his desk. So, but those are from like pros mm-hmm. that know they had something great, mm-hmm. and they don't do that all the time. In general, you give people what they're asking for. You're looking for what is this artist lane? What do they do? What do these fans want from me as an artist? You start understanding those things first. Seek first to understand and then you can respond to that it just helps us in the Oh that's it. The so that's too.
1: okay so that, that, just down that road again i know it's going to go long but like yeah. like take first to understand right like if you understand that you're a pro and you have a list of hits and you have a relationship with the person who's asking then you also understand song's going to get you got weight they're going to listen to that song right? Yeah. If you're not a pro yet or you don't have a relationship with that person and you're trying to foist something on them that isn't what they're necessarily looking for, Mm -hmm. then you need to understand that's a nuisance. You know what I mean? You can't use the Kenny Chesney or the Lee Bryce example and apply that to yourself because it's two different things, right? Yeah. If you're not understanding, like in the case of the Colin Ray thing, like with me, mm-hmm. where you're just going to waste my time. And, and now that's going to affect you, my perception of you differently. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, or I think of another situation, same, same scenario mm-hmm. where my friend called me and was like, Hey, I just wrote this song a couple of days ago. I think might be good for your boy. Mm-hmm. I don't have a demo on it. Can I just send you the acoustic vocal? Yeah. Send it to me. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and I know that writer, I know that person. And so that song had weight just because of our friendship. Yeah. And yeah. So, but again, understanding, I know you might not want this, but I just wrote it. So I don't have it like the way that's probably going to be most consumable for you, but are you willing? Yeah. Okay. Here. Yeah. Like it's a different, yeah. Same, same kind of groove. I never thought about it like that.
0: Yep. So uh, habit number six is synergize. So it says, what is synergy? Simply defined, it means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. It means that the relationship which the parts have to each other is a part in and of itself. So it's not only a part, but the most catalytic, the most empowering, the most unifying, and the most exciting part. So it talks about the creative process is the most terrifying part because you don't know exactly what's going to happen or where it's going to lead. Boy, isn't that true? Mm -hmm. You don't know what new dangers or challenges you'll find. It takes an enormous amount of internal security to begin with the spirit of adventure, the spirit of discovery, the spirit of creativity. Without doubt, you have to leave the comfort zone of base camp and confront an entirely new and unknown wilderness. You become a trailblazer, a pathfinder. You open new possibilities, new territories, new continents so that others can follow. So to me, this means like exploring ideas fearlessly. It means allowing each other to shine in the co-writing room, mm-hmm. right? It means allowing a new idea to burst into the room out of thin air and being willing to dive into the unknown when even just the seed of it gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Like, oh, what did you just say? I mean, I, I remember writing with some guys that we're just bouncing around ideas, trying to find something. And and this guy said something as a joke, responding to an idea. And we're like, Whoa, what did you just say? Like, that's, that's a hook. Yeah. I don't know what it's about. They're like, we don't either. Yeah. We're like, but we love it <laughs> and chase it down. And we did get a really cool song out yeah. of it. So it was allowing that synergy, that being fearless to throw ideas out there and being able to chase. I mean, I've heard so many ideas about hit writers that the song that went number one is like, well, we were writing another song that day. <laughs> yeah. And this line popped out. Yeah. We were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to write that. Yeah. And they quit what they were doing. They shelved the other song. Yeah. Maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe we won't, but that's the one we need to write. That's what we're going
1: to chase today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so to me, that's kind of what that synergy is allowing that, just being kind of fearless and, and not being totally distractible, right? I mean, these, they finished that new song, but they, they saw that oh, that has a lot higher ceiling than this other thing we're working on we got to chase that while the also thought. avoids
1: negative energy due to blinders, right. Or to your, yeah. like a, a hyper focus on one. No, no, no this is what we're going to write. No, no, no. This, this, this. Mm-hmm. And then you blow past all those signier signs that come down in the <laughs> writing room. Like, Hey, this is where your head's yeah. going to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the, partly plays off the seek first to understand then be understood. You know, when I'm working with those artists and trying to find the, the idea that is, their idea in that room, mm-hmm. that idea that didn't exist in my notebook because it's their life. Mm-hmm. And so you help dig it out of them and they're digging new stuff out of you that maybe you haven't talked about and just has, and it brings to life to that could not have existed in any other room. Yeah. But hopefully it still relates to a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, but that's that kind of synergy that I, I'm going to be aiming more and more for in the room and just greater than the sum of its parts. So I think, fearlessly. Last habit, habit number seven is sharpen the saw. So it's preserving and enhancing the greatest asset you have, you. It's renewing the four dimensions of your nature, the physical, the spiritual, the mental, and the social, emotional. So physical, you have you know, exercise, nutrition, stress management. So are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting exercise for the endorphins, right? So, I mean, it's funny, Emily, She uh, just with the craziness of having Hazel home and moving and, and just all this stuff, she's gotten out of her, her habit of going running. Mm-hmm. And she's never been like a morning runner, be more like mid-afternoon. But lately, here, she's been going in the morning with a friend of hers to go running. And she's like, Wow what a difference that makes. Like I come home and I'm in a much better mood. Like the endorphins have kicked in and yeah. Well, for one thing, you got out of the house first thing, yeah. <laughs> a little break. First thing, but you go out, you exercise and those endorphins kick in. You feel good about yourself. You did something good for your body mm-hmm. and I'm holding down the fort at the house. And now you can come back in like, whew. Yeah. And so like, she's noticing that it's good for her. And same thing with me. Exercise is is good for me. Sleep is good for you. It's good for your. uh, We've done whole episodes on sleep. So uh, mental, reading, visualizing, planning, writing. For me, part of that is like the personal song title challenge is is sharpening the saw. Mm -hmm. It's uh, reading books about music business, reading, listening to other podcasts, all that stuff is filling up that well, new, new ideas that I can bring into songwriting pro or the climb, music business, songwriting, whatever, social, emotional service, empathy, synergy, and intrinsic security. So are you getting out every once in a while to go just have, relax, have a good time, build relationships, yes. all that stuff, right? Yes, you are. <laughs> Yes, you are. I, I've, I've even gotten to a little bit here and there. So, <laughs> And then spiritually, It helps clarify your values, your commitments. So, so there's study, meditation. So definitely for me, a big part of it is Bible study, prayer time, which I, I don't do either of those uh, well enough. But get working on that part, too, because if that falls apart, then everything else falls apart, too, because then I, I get way off balance. <laughs> you know, I get into idolatry and all kinds of bad stuff. Everything gets out of whack and out of balance. So what this is talking about is that's another habit of highly effective people. So highly effective songwriters, highly effective artists is take time to sharpen the saw. Keep yourself it's like kind of that self care, but not like in in a self centered Way we can can use that as an excuse these days? Oh, care, self-care, care care about me. Well, sometimes that just means totally being selfish and being self-centered. We're not talking about that, Mm -hmm. okay? Because then that's that's not good. Then you're not seeking first to understand, then be understood. You're not thinking win-win. You're just I'm all about me. I'm taking care of me. No, yeah, no. This is so you can take care of other people. All right. It's a little bit of the put your airbag on first, but don't just put on your airbag and forget about everybody.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Abraham Lincoln had at least there's a quote that's been attributed to him, said, Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend five hours sharpening my saw. Yeah. That way that hour he's spending cuttings it goes a whole lot easier and a whole lot faster. Yeah. Right? I got six hours. I'm just gonna sharpen this sucker up till it does most of the work by itself. And I think this is so important. You want to keep growing. You want to pace yourself for the long haul. You want to stay healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all those ways. Super important because if your marriage falls apart in the midst of this is that the end that you want to have in mind at the beginning? Is this something that you want to give up? It, it, do you want you to lose your health along the way because you're pulling all-nighters every night for a year? And now, guess what? You're in the hospital. You're sick. And how much are you going to be writing then? Mm-hmm. How much are you going be doing then? You know, it's like you need to sharpen the saw. But it's also growing. It's listening to songs that inspire you, learning from artists to go, what did Garth do in that concert that just blew everybody's mind? Mm. Studying. I mean, you hear NBA players talking about. Why well, try? I got this thing from Kobe. You don't know it, but I got this thing from Kobe. I got this thing from Jordan. I got this move from LeBron, and I'm adding and I'm studying them and going, oh, oh that little thing. I'm going to add that into my game. Yeah, they're sharpening the Yeah, saw. Why didn't I think about they're, that? Like the there's
1: a great there's a great TikTok with I think it was maybe Pharrell mm-hmm. was talking with Dave Grohl. From Mm -hmm. the Foo Fighters But they're specifically talking about Nirvana Mm -hmm. And Dave Grohl Like just mind blows Pharrell He's like yeah man like if you listen to The way I played drums on That Nirvana record on the Nevermind record Mm -hmm. I totally ripped off Like the Gap Band And like all these Mm -hmm. like funk bands from the 70s He's like yeah Mm -hmm. man listen to Listen to the, when the drums kick in on, on smells like team spirits, like j-ga, 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 j-ga. He goes, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the disco flam, man. And he goes one time he had, like, the drummer from the gap band he had at a party and it was over like a barbecue or something. He just walked up and he's like, man, I, I just wanted you to know that I'm aware that I've been just ripping your crap off since I started playing drums. And like, "I know, man. It's cool, bro. <laughs> He's just
2: like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he saw
1: that from something that's not rock and roll, that's not punk or not yeah. um, alternative, and mm-hmm. and added it in because it was just freaking cool. And it totally yeah. is a part of the sound of one of the greatest, you know, best selling rock bands ever, right? Like Nirvana. Yeah, I mean, crazy." Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so just to, just to recap, because I know we've gone long here, but habit one is be proactive. Carry your weather with you. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. Know where you want to go, and that'll help you get there. Habit three, put first thing first. So ask yourself to win. What's important now? That's a backronym. win, W-I-N, what's important now? I think I made that up. I might have stole that. Anyway, habit four, think win-win. Habit five, seek first to understand and then be understood. Whether that goes, by the way, a publisher meeting, what are you looking for? What do you like? What do you want? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Not just walk and go, hey, how can you help me? <laughs> right. Habit number six, synergize. So you want the whole to be greater than the sum of its parts. And habit number seven, sharpen the saw. Keep growing. Keep learning. Keep working on your craft. And there we go. So that's a, seven habits of highly effective songwriters and artists.
1: Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you join the Climb community, leave a rating, and review, subscribe, or follow the podcast, and most importantly, tell a friend about it. This podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing.
2: And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.